0: Today is what is known in many denominations around the country and the world as Good Shepherd Sunday. It's a tradition that the worship that that worship on the fourth Sunday of Easter includes one of the passages from John's gospel where Jesus explains the heart of his messiahship that he shepherds his people. This year the focus is on his voice being recognized, heard, and heeded. Now, we aren't sure exactly why John goes into such detail about when and where this encounter with, between Jesus and the religious folks take place, but he mentions it's, 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 it is winter at Hanukkah, and he is specific that this happens on Solomon's porch. Perhaps John is setting up the tension of the scene so that we might better understand what is going on here in this story. Hanukkah Hanukkah celebrates the rededication of the second temple of Jerusalem. The temple, you see, had been defiled by Antiochus IV, who built a statue to his own gods on the altar of burnt offering. But the Maccabees fought to take it back. Joanne Taylor explains further, here's something else you need to know about Antiochus IV. He was a Greek ruler who also went by the name Epiphanes, God made manifest. And the Roman Empire was famous for claiming that Caesar was a god. So if Jesus is claiming to be one with the Father, how is that different from all those pagan emperors who were claiming to be divine? Perhaps that helps us understand a bit better the religious leader's skepticism in this time and place. You see, Jesus has come to the temple, and the religious authorities confront him. Quit being so cagey, Jesus. Tell us, bottom line, who are you? Are you the Messiah? And Jesus basically says to them, my works speak for themselves. You've seen the things I can do because God works in and through me but you won't hear me. You won't let my actions tell you who I really am. Besides, when you say Messiah, you have no idea what that really means. And so Jesus again speaks of himself as a shepherd. The Messiah is not one who comes on a mighty steed commanding an army of fierce warriors to conquer the Romans and put them out of the Hebrew people's misery. No. The Messiah comes as a shepherd to protect them, to direct them, to keep them safe for all eternity. Clearly, the religious folk cannot hear that, can't read what Jesus healing blind folk and feeding the hungry really means. They don't hear his voice. They don't belong to him. So what about us religious folk? Do we hear the voice of the good shepherd? Do we follow his voice? I wonder how often we claim to be sheep who belong to Jesus, but we're not really willing to heed the teaching and the lead of the shepherd. Too often we would probably define a good shepherd as one who simply lets us do what our hearts desire, who lets us go where we want, eat what we want, rest when we want, and basically doesn't demand very much from us. We want the shepherd to be there to rescue us when we get into trouble and to give us all the things we want and nothing we don't. But other than that, we'd like him to just kind of leave us alone. For me, one of the most powerful things Jesus says in this address to the religious folks is this, the works I do in my Father's name testify about me. He's saying, in other words, pay attention to what I do and then, and then you'll know who I am. And then he goes on to say, I and the Father are one. So by paying attention to Jesus' behavior along with his words, we also know who God is. If Jesus knows that his words are simply not enough to convince others that he is of God, that he is in perfect relationship with God, he is God on earth, then why do we think that our words are enough? If we claim to follow Christ, to be sheep who belong to the Good Shepherd, how are we showing others that that is true? Do our actions help others see that we are one with Christ, that we are his hands and feet in the world today? So I think the question to us individually, and that's a congregation, is this. How are we living out the declaration that we are Christian, that we belong to Christ? How are we following the shepherd? How are we behaving as members of his flock? Again, Taylor writes, Jesus knows his identity is clearly demonstrated in what he does. He is doing the work of the Father. That's his job. Our identity as his sheep is just as clearly demonstrated in what we do. Our job is to follow him. And the only way we can follow him is to listen for his voice and go where he calls us to go. The way we act tells the world who Jesus is. The things we do tell the world who Jesus is. What we say tells the world who Jesus is. And what we do and say also tells the world who we are and whose voice we follow. There are difficult questions that congregations, all congregations need to keep before them regularly. Who would miss us if suddenly we were no more? What difference do we make in the community? How are we loving our neighbors and hence loving God? Listening to the shepherd's voice means we also need to be listening to the voices of those around us. What is it that people need from us? What is the gap in life that perhaps God is asking us to step into? How can we offer them Christ to fill that void? So we need to get to know our neighbors. We need to know what's missing, what they're longing for, what hungers and thirst they are experiencing. Perhaps if we actually asked questions and then listened with a shepherd's heart, we would better know how we should be spending our time and our energy and our resources. I'm afraid too many congregations go out of business because they've forgotten the real business they were meant to be in. We're not here to keep ourselves alive, to help us grow into the size of church with the budget we dream of having. We're here to follow, to follow, and to serve. But we say we can't serve anyone else until we take care of ourselves first. You know, once we're comfortable, then we worry about our neighbors. Once we're financially well off, then we'll spend money on others. Once we've got all of our members taken care of, then we can move outside these walls to be the church. First things first, Jesus. I mean, how do you expect us to sacrifice to sacrifice the way that you did? Often, we, we justify our inaction with the question, if we don't look it for, out for ourselves, who will? But what if we stepped out on those shaky little faith legs and tried this thing Jesus is asking us to do, whatever that is? It's part of what our upcoming visioning treat is about. You know, we claim to trust God, but do we really? Reverend David Loes writes that he used to think that belief shapes behavior, that, is, that it is our actions that follow our convictions. When I believe it, I will do it. Turns out that studies showed that the exact opposite of that is true. More often than not, our behavior shapes our beliefs. Ask people to put a small political sign in their yard and their support for that candidate rises dramatically. Just did that in my neighborhood. Get folks to start recycling for a month and their commitment to the environment goes well beyond what it was before they begin that recycling. In short, we tend to justify our actions by shaping our convictions and even identify often unconsciously to explain and support those actions, which means that our popular explanation, I believe it when I see it, should probably be modified slightly, but significantly, I'll believe it when I do it. I'll believe it when I do it. You know, when our founder, John Wesley, was burned out, when he was experiencing a pretty significant crisis of faith, he asked his good friend, Peter Bowler, how he was to preach when he didn't feel he had faith himself. And Bowler told him, preach until you have it, and then because you have it, you'll preach faith. Preach faith until you have it, and then because you have it, you will preach faith. What might happen if we started serving our neighbors, loving them in tangible ways and ways that matter? Could we help them know Jesus see God, for better than if we simply use words? And, what, and would we come to believe that, yes, indeed, the good shepherd actually will take care of us if we follow and serve? Can we trust the shepherd enough to actually behave as obedient sheep? St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. What if we gave that a try? Thanks be to God, amen. Amen.